Welcome to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode 15. Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode 15, and we're going to be talking about why public health matters to me and really why it should matter to you. And again, as always, if you want my show notes, please go to drpierresblog.com forward slash LLP015. Again, if you want today's show notes, please go to drpierresblog.com forward slash LLP015. Because in today's episode, we're going to be talking about who was influential in even getting myself to pursue this MPH degree, my master's in public health. Um, you know, what, why do I feel that all doctors should have a master's in public health? You're going to hear my number one gripe with medical mission trips. And uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, you're going to hear about how you can apply your public health degree to your general practice. And and I, I'd be remiss from a public health standpoint not to talk about the measles epidemic and talk about why that's such a big public health mess right now. So sit back and get ready to listen to another great episode. Let's talk about public health and let's talk about, uh, you know, just what it, it means to me, right, to be, you know, public health, you know, professional, official, whatever you, you may want to call it. Uh, when I first went to Nova Southeastern University again, you know, I was wide eyed. You know, I got into medical school. I was extremely happy about just getting into medical school because, again, it was like a lifelong dream of mine. You know, you could check prior episodes to kind of uh, kind of touch back on uh, what I'm referring to as far as becoming a physician. And I remember meeting this professor, Dr. Cyril Blava, who um, I didn't know at the time uh, would be uh, one of probably my one of the most influential, you know, um, mentors, you know, while I was in medical school and even still not even to this day. And he taught us a class. He, he was a pediatrician, taught us a class on something. I forget what it was. Um, but like I could just tell his mindset, right, was much different than any other mindset of the professors that I had seen uh, prior to him. And, you know, and I went and you know, I spoke to him and, you know, he kind of, you know, kind of, you know, planted that bug in my ear and saying, hey, well, you know, Nova South Eastern at the time has a well, they still have a dual um, uh, program, but they have a, a dual DO slash MPH program. And I think you'd be, you know, great candidate for it. Right? And I was thinking, well, you know what, do I really want to do any, because I was thinking like, all right, I'm already doing enough work with medical school, or, you know, was, was getting a master's in public health, you know, really going to benefit for me. And, you know, so, and of course, you know, you start thinking that like, well, you know, do I have the time commitment that I want to be in? And then at the end of the day, what can I actually do? Uh, with these letters, right? What, what can I actually do with this public health degree? So, you know, it you know it didn't take very long, right? You know, it took about, you know, a couple of weeks and then I kind of finally, like, you know, bit the bullet and said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to join. So I ended up uh, joining with a few, a few of my great friends. Um, we all kind of joined this dual uh, degree program where, you know, we would do our medical school, schooling during the day, and then we have night classes with the Masters of Public Health. And because we were in medical school, we didn't necessarily have to do 
um, the the program degree in like a certain time frame. So we actually had t- all four years right to uh, get our master's of public health. Where most of most of the people who do it, they do it in like a year, year and a half. Um, so they, they so they allowed us to kind of like stretch it out um, throughout our whole uh, you know medical school life. Uh, which was amazing because, again, like I said, especially with the amount of work uh, that, you know, that kind of went on. And I think it was it was very immediate, right? It, it didn't take long for me to realize that, okay, yeah, this definitely was a different philosophy, right? Because, you know, when you, when you think about medical school and you think about health and you just think about health in general and helping people, like you don't even really, you know, kind of put two and two together. You just kind of assume that, you know, it all kind of falls under the same umbrella and all kind of has the same kind of mindset. But it was very quickly, again, I remember sitting in my uh, I think it was epidemiology class or something in that regards right and he and he talked about because because he knew he had a lot of medical students so he talked about how in medicine right um, medicine and medicine it, even to this day is still holds true right medicine tends to think that for something to be a success like a, a, a common number we look at is about 20 25 percent right so if about 20 to 25 percent of you know a disease is I don't. I wouldn't even say prevent it, but let's say prevent it. Let's say let's use the word prevent it. Twenty-five percent of a population less gets that disease. Then in the medicine world, right, that's deemed like success. And then I go to a class in public health, right, where they talk about, well, you know, we got everybody to wash their hands, and we wiped out smallpox. And that kind of just like boom, like blew my eyes because I was like, oh, Jesus, like yeah. So clearly, I'm on a different ball game. Clearly, I'm in a, a different sphere where. What they consider success uh, is not, you know, what the, you know, um, what medicine considers success is not what you would consider success in public health. And um, I think the case even rings true when we talk about uh, medical mission trips because, you know, we're, Nova is very active in doing medical mission trips. And, you know, and Dr. Blavo, again, Dr. Blavo, you know, I love this guy. Um, he wasn't, you know, adverse, you know, to, you know, for medical missions, right? He, was, he didn't have a problem with medical missions, right? His issue... Uh, which is still an issue that even now to this day I have, right? This issue with medical mission trips is, was, you know, you go, you know, you get, you, let's say you, you do all the prep work, you gather up all the items, you get all the supplies you're going to need, and you go to a different country um, for a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, right? You go for an extended period of time, right? But then once you're, that last day is done, you know, you kind of pick up and go. Like you kind of pick up and go, and the residents there, um, just kind of have to wait till the next time, you know, you come back, right? And in the public health world, that's like, you know, that's just almost almost blasphemy, right? They can't, they can't envision, right, um, pretty much disturbing someone's ecosystem for a good three to four week span, giving them, you know, a proper medical care, care they've never seen, right? Giving them proper medical care, showing them proper medical techniques, dental techniques, physical therapy techniques, and then just leaving and then turn around and leaving, right? Like that was not, you know, the public health way, right? And his idea, right? The public health way was instead of me going in there and I'm going for two weeks, one month, whatever, like instead of I'm doing that, how about I teach the residents how to take care of themselves? How about I establish clinics in that area so they can do for themselves? So when I come, I'm more coming to maybe I'm coming to replenish what I've already kind of left behind. Uh, but I'm not just kind of um, and I hate to use the word deserting. You know, it doesn't sound good, but kind of especially for a lot of these mission trips, you know, that's kind of the basis behind it. Like I say, you do great work, do amazing work, right? Um, especially again, we're thinking of the medicine matter. Do amazing work for a week or two weeks. And then we just leave. 
we just we just leave we just go and you know kind of leave the residents uh you know to kind of fend for themselves until the next time someone comes around so that's i think was one of the the key factors for me when you know deciding that like yeah like i, I definitely see where this this medicine and public health um diverge uh, but also see where you know the benefits uh, can come to play you know to make a, an, a, a, a great relationship together um, I went into, I, I did internal medicine residency, and I actually went into uh, the primary care field, right, where, you know, I'm seeing, you know, diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol. I'm seeing all of the bread and butter stuff that you, back me, I'm seeing all the bread and butter stuff you see in a, uh, you know, normal outpatient clinical practice. Um, but I think what's key for me, right, what's amazing for me, especially because um, I usually err on the mindset of a, a public health and aficionado, and I and I, I usually look at it from that perspective. There, I don't tend to look at my patients as, oh, this is a you know a patient with diabetes. I tend to look at, okay, this is a patient who's in a certain population who's affected by diabetes, right? And the question is, why? Why is a certain population affected by diabetes? Why is a certain population affected by high cholesterol, by high blood pressure? Why is this certain population of, uh, let's say gender, why is the men uh, more affected by this? Why does the men not come to see me for their flu shots? Why do men not come see me uh, for their routine visit? On the other hand, why do women see me much more uh, than men? Why do women tend to see me for stuff that they probably could deal with on their own, but they'd rather have the doctor kind of look at it? So these are questions that I ask on a day-to-day basis, right? Because in my public health aspect of it, I understand that even though I only see one person in front of me, even though I only am taking care of one person in that you know five, ten, fifteen minute span, um, I understand that it's a, a rush. Like I, I have, I'm treating a community, right? And I can't really focus on just that one. Yeah, when I say thank you for joining, um, I can't really focus on uh, just that one person, right? Like I have to look at it as a bigger picture. Um, all right, we're actually talking about uh, my public health degree and, you know, why, you know, a stark contrast on medicine and, you know, why it's been so important for me to, like, have my public health degree. So thank you for joining and liking and sharing um, uh, the video today. So it, it's definitely been something that, you know, and I grapple with daily, right? Like, and I think I wrote a blog on it. If I, I remember correctly, I'll, I'll put a, uh, a post to the link, right? I read a blog. I actually wrote a blog on how sometimes the public health side of me, um, like, fights with the medical side of me, right? Because the public health side of me, again, wants to take care of, like, again, I, I deal with a lot of uh, patients on the Affordable Care Act plan. I deal with a lot of patients who, you know, just got insurance and hasn't had insurance for years. So I deal with a lot of patients who are on the chronic disease uh, standpoint. So I deal with a lot of patients from there, right? So I see a lot of their similar struggles. And even though, we, you know, we, we, a lot of us, especially in the United States, we all think we're all individual and we all think that, but it's, it's, it's funny, like how many of the same issues uh, run with the same populations. And a lot of times, you know, you can just group them just by geographical residence, where they stay at, whether they affected with, and then kind of go from there. And I, th I think that's important because, again, this is also this month, um, you know, being National Minority Health Month, um, I'm going to be writing tomorrow a post on uh, a different health disparities, right? And I'm just going to, it's going to be like a list post. So I'm pretty much going to just like list out a whole bunch of health disparities and lots of different fields just to kind of see, uh, you know, just how everyone's affected in one way, shape or another, right? 
So when, when we talk about that being from a public health standpoint um, and you know, understanding that uninsured patients, you know, cause a public health risk. Patients who don't get their flu shots are a cause of public health risk. For those who know my, my daughter's autistic, so you have, um, you know, you have the per- people who don't feel like they want to get their child immunized. You know, that's a public health risk as well, right? And, and for those who don't realize it, especially uh, for those who are like anti-vaccine, right? You're anti-vaccine. I'm 100%. Uh, okay, you're growing with your decision, right? Uh, the problem uh, with uh, my people who are anti-vaccine, right, is that you still want your children to hang with people who have been vaccinated, right? And that, I think that's where, you know, the push and pull comes in, right, from a public health standpoint, right? From a public health standpoint, if you want to not uh, vaccinate your kids, that's 100% okay, and that's your, your prerogative, right? Um, but what you should do, especially again, if you want to, you know, continue the public health theme and you, you know, you want to keep your kids safe from these toxins that you believe that are in these vaccines, they should also keep your kids away from kids who've been vaccinated, right? Because you, you are now that public health risk. Your kids are now at public health risk. Um, I, I just saw an article the other day. There's, there's another measles outbreak, right? This is a disease that we, from a public, and I say we because I'm a public health professional, we pretty much practically almost eliminated, right? But now it's back on the rise. It's back on the rise because the medication that we have to treat it, um, no one, you know, we have a slew of parents who aren't giving it anymore. So again, like I said, it's, and, and it's on the rise because it's not on the rise because, and it's not a bad thing if you get the measles, right? The bad thing is if you get the measles and you're not used to getting the measles, and then you bring it to people who've gotten the vaccines who never had to experience whatever variant of measles you got, right? So that's my little tangent on my my public health thing when it comes to vaccines, because that's, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, but as an adult, especially as an adult who, physician who sees adult patients, um, the way I use my public health degree is one, uh, helping them understand that it's it's not that you personally, right, are affected by the blood pressure. It's not you personally that are affected by diabetes. Is that the population um, that you grew up in, the population that you grew up in um, is going to be adversely affected because of your culture, because of your eating habits, because of your exercise, like it's 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 a, a grand scheme of things. You're not the only person, um, you know, that's affected by it in the way it's affected by. It. So, and that's why it's so important for them to, you know, kind of get to, uh, you know, understanding that, like, okay, like I'm not the only one affected. Like, it's not personal because most of the time, especially when we're thinking about medical issues, like a lot of us think that, like, I'm the only one affected by a disorder, and I'm not sure why I can't fight it. Let's talk about obesity. I'm not sure why I can't lose any weight. Um, but when you know, if, when I talk to them, I talk to them about diet and I talk to them about like what you're eating, how you're eating. And I, you know, kind of explain to them, remember as a child, especially, and, and I'm going to talk strictly right now to my, uh, my, my Caribbean, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, descendants and followers and, you know, you probably will follow me, right? When I was a child, like I couldn't get up off my seat, right, to eat. Oh, no, I, thought, I couldn't get up off my seat to like even drink any juice until I finished my plate. So... And as a child, right, I was collectively conditioned, right, that I could not leave the table till I was what done with my plate, right. So what does that do? Um, as I get so, regardless of whatever amount of food that they put on there, I knew if I wanted to get out of my seat, I had to finish my plate. So think about that as when when you're five, six, and now you're twenty. 
and now you're 25 and now you're 30 and you're overweight and you, you just don't understand why you can't put down, you know, that food. You know, that's, you know, that's where we have to kind of, you know, get that mindset in because in from a medicine and public health standpoint, I understand obesity causes a slew of medical issues, but it's a public health risk as well. I know smoking a slew of medical issues, but if I don't understand the public health aspect of it, like I do, you know, uh, service, right? So that, that's why, like, you know, I've had patients ask me, like, well, you know, if you had to go back, like, if you had to go back and say, you know, would you get this public health degree, um, you know, the answer would be 10 times over, right? 10 times, yes, 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 yes. Because, like, I can't imagine, like, walking through a space now, especially in, uh, you know, the primary care setting and, you know, doing what I do here where I see the patients. Like, I can't imagine a setting where... I would not be able to, um, you know, apply public health in it, right? So, like, I, like I'd, I'd be at a disadvantage, like, and, and that's what I'm saying. I, I almost feel like for those who, especially my, my physician friends, and, and again, getting a public health degree isn't mandatory. Um, again, and I had a class of 200 people. 200 people didn't get the public health degree, right? So, so it wasn't something like like the majority of the class got. Um, it was something that um, I think those who got it. Uh, benefited well. Like, I think those who got it, like, you know, were, were able to um, look at medicine differently, were able to look at life in the patient's eyes differently. And I think that's what, what helps separate me, right? Like, I'm, as for those who, for those who know me, know that, like, I pride myself on being able to separate myself from the slew of physicians down here, right? Because, and, you know, I'm in South Florida. For those who know, I'm in South Florida, you know, you throw a rock and you're going to hit another physician's office, right? So what are you going to do that's going to help separate you uh, from the rest, right? Because that's really what's important, right? Like, what are you doing, uh, you know, to separate yourself? And, you know, I do these lives here, but, you know, I, I, I really, like, champion the fact that my public health degree, you know, I think gives me a, a, a better foundation uh, when taking care of patients than it is if you don't have the public health degree. Like I said, I don't want y'all, you know, you know, getting mad and upset at your doctors who you go see now if they don't have a public health degree. Not to saying that they don't know what they're talking about. I just say that with um, always being able to look at it from a public health perspective um, has allowed me to be able to flourish, has allowed, um, you know, um, my patients, uh, you know, to uh, be more compliant because they understand. And, you know, once your patients um, understand you, and once you understand your patients, and you understand your patients' uh, pain issues and, you know, what gets them going from point A to point Z and, you know, how to get them there, you're able to, you know, dictate change. You're able to, you know, make uh, lifelong decisions that they need to make. So again, I just want to kind of recap. Like I said, it's been a little while. I wanted to recap again what we talked about. Again, we talked about, you know, it was National Public Health Week. Um, it was from like the 3rd to the 9th. I didn't get a chance to do it last week, so I definitely wanted to make sure I spotlighted public health because for those who don't know, I am a uh, graduate of Nova Southeastern's uh, public health degree. I got a master's in public health uh, while I was getting my medical degree. And, I, you know, I, I, I have to say it. Like, I, I think if your physician has an MPH, um, I just think they're better. Like, maybe that's bias. And, you know, I I have no problem if you say, Dr. Barry, that's bias, right? You're just saying that because you had a public health degree. And maybe that's the case, right? Hey, Dr. Jerry, thank you for joining. Um, and maybe that's the case, right? Maybe uh, I am biased if I say if your doctor has a public health degree, they're better than the doctor who doesn't, right? Um, but I think my public health degree gives me, yeah, I know. I, 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 I'm about to end it, though. I'm about to end it. Um, I just think that gives me a better footing. 
I just think it does. Like, I think if you're a primary care physician and, you know, you're seeing patients on a day-to-day basis, but you're only really focusing on that one patient. Why? Because your medical training really only tells you to focus on the patient in front of you. You're not really thinking about the community. You're not really thinking about why is a certain population affected by this disorder? Why is a certain population affected by um, this medication? If you're not thinking about that as well. Yes, you are, Dr. Jarrett. I I, I totally agree. Um, I I think, again, if you have that public health degree, um, you know, we just look at life differently. Like we just, we just, again, and I tell you, I'm not, I have no problem because I don't want y'all to run and tell the people, I have no problem with people who do mission trips, right? I got no problem with doing mission trips, right? Uh, but if you do a mission trip, like if from here on out, right? Let's say from here on out, right? If you want to do a mission trip, fine, right? But do a mission trip, make sure you establish some type of continuity so that they have something to look forward to when you leave. Like, that's all I'm asking, right? Like, I don't want you to do a mission trip, spend a week there, spend two weeks there, and then you just pick up and go, and then you take pictures and say, hey, we was here in Africa, Haiti, like Jamaica, like, boom. That's all good and dandy. Like I said, we're not we're not chiding uh, what you did for that one to two weeks. Um, I just want you to leave them something so that they can build on their own so that by the time you come back that next year, if you come back that next year, um, they'll still be continuing to build on what you do. So that's that's all we want. right? That's all us public health officials want. We just want you to kind of look at it at a broader scheme. Right. We want you to be able to look and see, like, hey, you know what? Um, diabetes affects a lot of people. Like, what, what am I going to do from a dietary standpoint? High blood pressure affects a lot of people. Smoking affects a lot of people. Oral care, oh my God, that affects a lot of people, right? So if you're not thinking about it in that perspective, um, you know, I think you're selling your patient short. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. If you want to find out more about the episode, please go to www dot lunch learn pod dot com that's www dot l u n c h l e a r n p o d dot com for the show notes and any links that may have been mentioned in today's episode if you're interested in joining the lunch learn pod community head over to either the website lunch dot com or join us on facebook and twitter with the same username, Lunch Learn Pod. And again, you can find uh, all of these links on uh, the website. If you have any questions, any comments, or any requests for uh, topics to you know debut on the show, please let that be known. And don't forget to use uh, the hashtag Lunch Learn Pod when you're listening to the episode. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode, and I'll see you next week.